0: I was like, my wife went off to go kind of kill some time for a little while. So, I mean, I'm open and my podcasts go longer than you guys sound like you do. So, you just got to tell me probably to shut up more than anything.
1: Oh, no worries. Well, it it, it is nice when the guest talks a lot feel free even if you have questions for us you know like how do you feel about you know what i mean but, you know, yeah absolutely podcasts, no it's so.
0: like yeah it, <laughs> it helps having done enough for a while to kind of know when to ramble and know each other and like especially even if cognito like i can see him on screen he's got to like because he lives in like you guys may have heard it's like he lives in like right by either a fire station and like not too far from a hospital and the cops drive by him all the time so he like sometimes just have to mute and he's got his hand up, just like whirling a finger in a circle like sirens, and I'm just like sitting there vamping away, just killing time. <laughs> so yeah, done that yeah, plenty. So benefits of a of a video one for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't do that here. You're like typing away, like save me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we
2: could always get into the topic of uh, two episodes ago for you, and I'll just say on the down low that I'm on your side.
1: <laughs> Talking about the weapons discussion. Yes, yeah, <laughs> no retiring right, the no, weapons. everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode 50 of the Guardian Hub podcast, where we talk Destiny and our love of the game. We bring on different guests and communities to learn about them, their experiences in Destiny, and discuss other topics. Your hosts, as always, are Kingsley Mack and Sin. Sin, how are you doing today for our lovely 50th episode?
2: Oh, quite magical, knowing that it's 50. It's Sunday. I haven't quit I got, um, it's early time for recording. I got a uh, bourbon in hand and uh, excited for today's discussion in guest. How about you, Kingsley? How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing great. And yes, we do have a lot to talk about, but uh, we are going to focus on introducing our guest first and then we'll see where this all goes because we have a lot to talk about, but we're just going to have fun today. But our special guest for today is the one and only Ebontis. You may know him from The Last Word Destiny podcast and also from his streaming and YouTube channel. Ebontis, how are you doing today, man?
0: i uh, doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Um thank you guys for having me. Always happy to be on and chat destiny with people who are like-minded and who can ramble away about destiny for usually far too long. So thank you guys for bringing me on.
1: No problem. Yes, you're in good company here. <laughs> thank you for very much for coming on. Um I've heard of your podcast for a while, but uh, unfortunately, just really started to branch out and listen to it some more. There's there's actually a lot of destiny podcast. I don't
0: know if you oh are aware. there are so many. Yeah, it's I'm sure of you impressive. were. <laughs> no, yeah, no. It's it's one of those things that just is still always impressive to see this community be able to even foster enough, even if like half are for fun or some aren't that big. And you know, you got your big heavy hitters like DCP is the big one. I mean, they've been around forever and stuff. But still, the amount of ones that are around there and stay around as long as they do you guys and us that we do ours and there's so many there's the down under destiny unfiltered i mean and i'm not even naming them all it's it's impressive that this community has fostered so many podcasts again always just a nice treat to the community because you know destiny rocks
1: yeah so tell me how why you wanted to start a destiny podcast i mean we all kind of have our reasons what, what got you started thinking about let, let's do a destiny podcast
0: yeah. Uh, so Cognito and I, Lord Cognito, he's part of the Iron Lords podcast. He's been doing his podcast for obviously longer than we have, but he's got his group. But I actually met him at Guardian Con. God, is that four years ago now? It's been a while. It was the second Guardian Con, I think that actually existed it's still at Tampa fairgrounds. And he and I were the two that were like walking outside when everybody was in line. We were like passing out business cards. We kind of clicked because we were both doing the same thing. And we chatted up a little bit at Guardian Con, kind of connected there, and just kind of stayed in touch for a little while. And then I have no idea why we felt like starting when we did, because it was during the Curse of Osiris, like the probably lowest of lows for Destiny 2. And we were like, hey, it seems like a good time to do a podcast and talk about it. Just We knew we had the passion for the game, and I guess that's one of those things. People get angry about this game, but typically it's because they have passion for it. It's different. People don't get yelling and very emotional over things that they typically don't have any cares about. So we had talked a little bit back and forth, traded tweets and things and kind of just got to chatting and worked on setting it up. And how it turned into what it is now is kind of cool. Um, We had to change names at some point, um, mostly because like we figured out it used to be called Flashpoint. So the idea there was the fact that Flashpoint was... For one, it was the ideas, it was meant to be short. And then we had an inside joke that Flashpoint was long point. So it, because it ended up being like a two hour podcast, sometimes we're like, this is not Flash. This is not a flash on the pan. This takes like forever. So kind of joked about names. And then we ended up like trying to find a play on words, but kind of open ended to where like last word sounds like a podcast, but it's got the little tease to destiny and kind of went back and forth through names, but just kind of getting into it is just two people who are passionate about destiny and somehow while not always the same like i made my crayons and he may floof around as a warlock but we still got plenty to talk about so it's it's just been kind of a cool way to see two people who would never have met otherwise come together and can chat like 90 minutes each week about a game so it's just been kind of luck more than anything i would say
1: luck nice. but i like what you said too <laughs> about you were starting it during curse of osiris and i have the same feeling too like even in Yeah, probably one of the darkest days of Destiny 2, Curse of Osiris. Yeah, we
0: were crazy. I don't know what we were thinking.
1: (laughs) Hey, but if you knew you still liked the game then, and I did too, then I I know from experience now, like, okay, I'm going to like the game even in its lower times, so I can probably keep a podcast going, right? That's a good thing, right? So it's like it's easy for someone to get excited about Destiny and start a podcast when things are really good, but to actually be interested when things are down a little bit, that's where it matters in my opinion.
2: It's yeah, how things keep going for sure, too. If you can hold a conversation and hold the community and you have things you still love to do in the game, regardless of whether it's high or low, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you've been around Destiny long enough, you've had the highs, you've had the lows, you've had the content droughts, you've had double primaries. We've been through some stuff, to say the least, and keep it somewhat clean. But at this point, it seems like a lot of the patience is starting to build and pay off as we keep looking forward into the future. So it seems to only be looking brighter as we go forward.
1: Excellent. And your podcast is now on episode 93. So you yeah, we were, it
0: for a bit. Yeah. yeah, we were, yeah, yeah we are creeping towards the hundo mark. So I mean, congratulations to you guys on 50 as well. Cause that's, that's no slouch. Cause you're right at that year mark, unless you do them dead on every week. Cause we're just under that year, the two year mark. So Oh yeah. It's awesome for you guys as
1: too. well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Um, yeah. And uh, you have your podcast with Lord Cognito. I've I've obviously listened to several of the episodes. Great back and forth. I mean, obviously you talk about destiny. You like to kind of go into all the points, deep dive into it. But what I really appreciate is um, you guys definitely know what you're talking about. And I mean, you could say, well, don't all the Destiny podcasts, but maybe maybe just the way it's presented appeals to me. Like, oh, these are the points I wanted to hear about this week. So whatever you're doing, it's good.
0: Well, I I appreciate that because, I mean, there are tons of podcasts out there. And I was going to say, I forgot one of the biggest ones as well is Fireteam Chat as well. And you can sit there and listen to any podcast. that can be big, professional. Everybody's going to have their moments. And if you're listening to it, you're like, yeah, I know exactly what word you're trying to think of right now. Why can't you think of it, senor? professional (laughs) podcast person, but in that moment, if you're just a listener, you're like, yeah, sure. But when you're trying to say something, I've been like, uh, and just blanking. And it's just those points where you're like, if you enjoy the format, you enjoy what we do, the moments where you definitely kind of have the mind farts that happen. Appreciate you guys getting through those with us.
1: (laughs) No, that's awesome. And uh, it's always
0: fun having podcasts that stream live on Twitch also. So
1: that's great. Um, you know, when I started this one, I was kind of like, I didn't know I didn't know if I wanted to like deep dive into the news points and have like a live stream, but as it's gone, I've really appreciated interviewing guests and things might change but i what I'm trying to say is i I really appreciate the podcasts that do live stream on Twitch and it gives me something to um you know it's fun seeing people's reactions uh people can guess. How Sin and I feel about what we're talking about—not our voice, right? But if when I see based like, on our,
2: based on the inflection in our voice, <laughs> yeah. sure.
1: But when I see like Lord Cognito, like grimacing, like ooh, you know what I mean? They're like those are those are awesome. Those are like, yeah, we know how you really feel, right? Tell us about. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's kind of the difference of of the audio versus video. And we always started with video. I think we used to stream it to his channel and then just trying to switch over to, we tried to kind of stream to both and that kind of got to be a little bit of work. And it's just a progression. We tried to like consolidate platforms. So like we send all of our tweets to one person, one place. All the chats are together. But the live piece of that is it's weird, but it's good. But you also have your moments of like, Whether audio dies or you lose a guest for a minute, you can't just be like, oh, let's just go ahead and clip that out. It's like, no, no, we're live, guys. Sorry about that. And I've had my internet issues for a little while. So there's there's some downsides to being live. So trust me, I I envy the audio only, especially when it comes to editing later on. Trust me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's pluses and minuses either way. Of course, we've gotten to the point now where we're like. Uh, we don't care about editing as much. So it's like, hmm, maybe we might as well just do a live one down the road, right? And just throw <laughs> yeah, it
2: together. It's,
0: it's kind yeah, of it's fun. It's more like those.
2: me not caring as much about editing because there is something a yeah. uh, t- shout out to one of our previous guests for that. Dan Finity said there is something oh, yeah. a little more natural when you leave in the breaths and the pauses and the talking. And I used to be super picky about editing them. You want to make it more uh, natural and it makes the podcast feel natural or more alive. Humanize it more so
0: or yeah and it. well <laughs> depends on the perspective if you're editing or just like talking and you're like oh i breathed there for a little while cool and the person on the other side's like just cringing you're like oh i gotta edit this out Great. like we try and stay fairly clean i'm probably in the last couple of weeks of frustration if you guys have watched as well i try really bad hard not to cuss i was like i'm not saying i don't ever do it in my real life but if i'm like on stream unless it's just late at night or especially in videos i try to keep it relatively clean sometimes things just happen and when you're live guess what you get to hear the real person and that's that's 100 percent true if you're just like the frustration comes out or just the deep breath and you're like okay we're gonna get into this like you can get those real moments which is cool
1: yeah for sure yeah. um i also want to hear about you know you post videos on your youtube channel what Have got you into them? that and uh you still enjoy doing that i assume i mean you just put out a a great longer one again today so obviously you must
0: yeah so the youtube piece was kind of i guess a step of had a previous job for a while took a break from doing that mostly just to kind of mix up and do a couple of the different things and just you know kind of as a place where i could try and the biggest thing for me that i had been trying to do in destiny is i mean i've been playing games for a long time so little history i've done things you know i've played 8-bit Nintendo all the way from there. Super Mario Brothers 3 all the way through World 8 without, like, when I was young. Like, Mega Man 3, just painful games. I enjoyed Dark Souls and stuff like that. So, apparently I have a a tendency to play things that are challenging just to, like, you know, push myself outside of my comfort zone as opposed to just, like, easing through a story. I want, like, the experience of, like, all the pieces of it. So, I'm not going to claim to be the best because there's people who speedrun those games that make me look like a schmuck, but I still enjoy the challenge. Um, but those challenges kind of were something I was looking for in destiny. And then sometimes as you went through, if you had like a group of three, a basic strike or a story mission, wasn't ever going to push you that far. And there's also a lot of people in this game who don't have other people to play with. That was probably the biggest thing I've ever seen in this game is there are a lot of group activities. It's always the question. Is it match made? Is it not? Which is still a question to this day, which could be debated. But even if it's not match made, is it something in there that you want? Is there a reward behind it? Is it something you think you want to try and do? And that's where a lot of my videos started from where I would do weekly resets and I would do Xur videos, which still do the Xur because it's just there. Um, But it was the nightfall solo challenges were my big thing that I started. And I was trying to do them on different classes and give people variety. But as opposed to a lot that would say, Hey, here's this thing. And here's the text description of what you should do. And you can watch me play or, Hey, here's this recording, and I'm going to voice over. Here's the clip of how to handle this room. Here's some tips for the boss. I truly wanted to, in one take, which is never easy. I can't tell you how many times I replayed Strikes in Destiny 1. Um, To go through and basically make a guide, start to finish, talking while I did it. To explain, this is what's going on. Here's this boss. Like, the Shield Brothers is one, I don't know why. That one always sticks out in my head as one that I know the most because shield brothers i could say okay so i need to do about 180 to 190 thousand damage then i'll send that first boss out of the room i know the ads are going to spawn from this door i'll rocket them turn around have the guys i mean i had i had played enough where i could actually sit there and explain that while i'm playing and people always joked that i was like very calm while chaos was going on and it was mostly just because i had done it so much i knew what to expect i just had to put a gun a good run together but my goal was just to try and develop a channel for people who either don't have others to play with, who are struggling to work through specific content. And even if somebody wants to play as a fire team of three, hopefully my guide can give them as much information as they can. So when they do face that challenge, they're as well-equipped as possible. So it was mostly just a way to get guides out there for people who may not think they could ever even solo something, but if they're well-informed enough and I can show them that I can do it while talking to them, give them the load explanations and why I do it, hopefully others could too. That was the goal to the channel from the beginning, at least. It's kind of evolved, but that's where it started.
1: Oh, that's that's awesome. Well appreciated videos. So everything you mentioned, yeah, it's true about people can watch these and, and gain information. I've thought I've had to make. I've, I should have almost made a video recently because Sin has asked me ten times now. What are the weapon rolls we're looking for <laughs> from the sundial?
0: <laughs> I have. There that. are a lot of god <laughs> roll videos out there, and I haven't debated on that. But I was like, I eh, kind of running out of time for the season, but those are what i mean fallout does them there are a lot of god rule videos out there and some people like certain people's perspective so if you think you ever want to do one do one because even if i do one six other people may do it well everybody's opinion works for different people
1: but i love the videos like you mentioned on strikes nightfalls doing like whisper missions all these little pve type things uh i have aspirations to have little um segments on the podcast but we're always just so busy interviewing guests but i'm like okay this week we're going to give tips on how to do this in the raid and i I may still get there but uh that's what appeals to me again i'm I'm a very much pve player and seeing from the beginning of shadow keep where these 980 nightfalls were super hard to these days where they're really not too hard if everyone's leveled up and you bring in the right weapons um if anything Mm -hmm. they might take a little longer but it's such an enjoyable content thing to come together as a team or yes, do it solo. But I love these team-based activities and, and knowing what people should bring and come into these. Um, okay. We're doing Pyramidian. Uh, okay. Let's bring this, 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 and you know, just make it a little bit more doable. So people don't have to, I guess what I'm trying to say is because I hate for people that maybe haven't played the game as much to feel frustrated with things in the game. That's like, Oh, this That's- is too hard. Well, it doesn't have to be hard if you just know, this this and this i want your experience in the game to be enjoyable so you enjoy it as much as i do right
0: right and so, absolutely and i can see why those videos help yeah like anything i mean when you talk about a 980 nightfall the first time you face it you're like i don't even know where the champion's gonna be what i'm gonna face what shields they've got i mean i go through and it's a learning experience for multiple times through so then when you turn around and you're able to give people hey you probably want to make sure you bring this arc thing for this shielded guy in the end or if you say the pyramidion i can like that one i know way too well so you're like in the end, I know you've got arc harpies, so you want to make sure if you're going to a nightfall, you got an arc weapon to deal with the harpies. You want to make sure you don't try and nuke the boss too fast if you can't kill him, because then he wanders around and he's invincible. Like certain things like people don't know and can make those experiences much worse. So just those little nuggets of information, even if it was like, hey, don't nuke the boss, you need something arc damage, you got void in here, bring this loadout with you. And then at least you got to learn where the champions and stuff are, but you could go in as opposed to, Hey, I've got my sword and I'm running a solar subclass and I'm screwed. Like that's not going to benefit you very much. So even just the little bits, like you're saying, those would be huge.
1: Yeah. We need to get some more 980s with you, Sin. some nightfalls and get you some golf balls.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the golf balls. Hopefully they'll be coming from trials too. Just got to wait and see if that actually happens. Oh yes. They they need that on the other side because they have been a little isolated for a while. Uh
1: tell me about Destiny real quick. Like, are you kind of a D one, J one player, or what got you into Destiny?
0: Um Destiny One Alpha player, so I've been around since literally pre day one, so day zero or whatever you want to call that one. So I've been playing since. Um I've got buddies of mine that I've played games with over the years from World of Warcraft and Halo, and I've never been like a competitive shooter, hence why I'm probably not so much on the PvP beast mode. I'm okay. Not going to claim anything higher than that. Uh, But the PDE aspect coming from games like Diablo and World of Warcraft and RPGs and... I mean, Chrono Trigger is like my favorite game of all time, so still got an RPG wheelhouse in the back of my head running around. So the combination of shooting, uh, Bungie that made Halo, having RPG and loot mechanics and all of that combined was just very intriguing from the beginning. And while it's had its ups and downs, they they've done something special in the whole, they basically built the looter shooter, which people have tried to copy, but they're still the one doing it best.
1: Do you feel like Titan's your main, or do you kind of go even across characters?
0: Titan is where I've leaned for a long time. I would probably say first year of destiny was straight up Hunter almost the whole time. Like I barely played the other two probably had them in a mix for raid runs, but I mostly played my Hunter and then the major shift happened for me to, I guess I ate too many crayons in Taken King, because it was mostly the hammer that could took me over. So the throwing hammer, which was busted when it came out, it finally got nerfed down to be reasonable. But just the feeling of throwing the hammer has always felt satisfying to me, I guess. Maybe just psychological, who knows, but the Titan has kind of kept me, and then you, as a Titan, you had roles of you could do some damage, or you could be the bubble guy and kind of still felt like you had a use because even in you know, World of Warcraft as an example. I ended up playing either heal or a tank because everybody wants to play DPS. So I was going to be, I was like, okay, I'll be one of the other ones. Titan felt kind of like that somewhat. So it seemed fitting. Yeah. And uh,
1: so that's cool. Alpha and Destiny 1. And then obviously all the way through now, we already kind of talked about this, but it sounds like you've played the game all the way through. Were there, were there ever points? Eh, Curse of Osiris points in d1 where you're like Ooh, i don't know where this game is going and i'm contemplating doing something else more or are you always kind
0: of like destiny was your main game uh i wish i could say destiny wasn't my main game and i took breaks because there's plenty of games i've missed <laughs> but i would definitely i mean there's things like breath of the wild that i want to actually sit down and play through but i'm like when do i have 100 hours when trying to cover this crazy game so <laughs> a lot of my time has been spent in destiny now there are certain ones that have pulled me away things like god of war i picked it up couldn't put it down So there are certain experiences that have been epic to a point of like, yeah, there's a break here in Destiny, this is coming out, it doesn't matter, like, even if I gotta cover like the news of the week, then I'm gonna turn God of War back on. There's certain ones that have pulled me away, but generally I've been playing Destiny fairly consistently most of the time. There have been some, like even this season, I honestly would say this has probably been a more casual season for me in a while, just between work and trying to be you know, a little more social in real life and those types of things. And the season has kind of allowed for that. I've still focused mainly on this versus other things. So it's been, um, it's been my, yeah, I don't even know. My wife. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) I was like, my wife chokes with me now. She's like your mistress of destiny. So yeah, (laughs) right. That's (laughs) That's, a common theme.
1: theme. (laughs) Common. Yeah. Sin and I are the same way. I get it. It's like, uh, not playing the game for a while means maybe like logging in once a week and not doing anything else. But it's not like we're stepping away from the game like a month or two at a time. I mean, yeah, it's kind of, I get what you exactly what you're saying.
0: Yeah. It's never been a big, big break. It's always been a part of what I've been playing since it released one way or the other.
1: Well, that's why we love talking about it, right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) You play it this long. You're like, okay, I could talk about it for way too long normal
2: i think we've stepped away a few times borderlands 3 when that came out i just downloaded uh what's the um oh man the game of dc right now division two yes it was three dollars it was three dollars the other day or i don't i don't
0: know if it still is but i know they were on the through march 3rd so but yeah yeah, it was
2: so that was i picked it up and played a couple minutes into it but honestly there are a couple minute there are a few experiences here and there. And then in what ends up happening? I get home at night from work. I sit down. Oh crap, I'm not at level hundred for my season pass. Okay, I'm logging in just like I did last night and finishing off the seasonal quest. For the seasonal track. But there is so much to do in the game. It is it is definitely the mistress
0: yeah it's definitely going to suck up some time so you almost have to force yourself to pull away and be like hey i want to go play this thing can i squeeze it in or at least maybe this week's a little lighter but i can't i feel like i can't completely neglect destiny because there's always more coming it's kind of one of those
1: and then another question i have is rewards aside like forget if you get good rewards or not what is your
0: favorite stuff to do in the game right now or historically uh for destiny one it was a lot of the nightfalls because those were a good challenge they felt destiny two when it switched to nightfalls was one of those it seemed like the time was working against you and the points were counting down and stuff like that and destiny was one just felt like more you just got to try and finish it like it seemed in a different way that i could still do it so i had fallen off a little bit on destiny two nightfalls but honestly, one of my favorite things they've added since, I would say, my top is the dungeons. The dungeons, for me, have been amazing. Shattered Throne, when I solo Flawless that one, and I did it later than a lot of people. But it was still just, those are the fun, fun feats for me. It takes back to, take a Dark Souls. Yeah, you have like your crazy self, you alone, die, you gotta reset half this entire run. Yeah, it's like those, the dungeons have been absolutely stellar and then the exotic quests of similar nature whisper the worm those type all of those have been some of my favorite additions and while they're not that common man when they show up they're amazing oh yeah and we have
1: um i mean dungeons and and the other exotic missions whisper outbreak man some of the best content uh and uh, i hope something's coming up soon this season or next we will we will see yeah <laughs> i'd like to
0: see yeah i'd like to see another one of those hopefully coming in this year if not like always wonder of how much time they have to develop everything but yeah those are those can never come up enough because they're amazing
1: excellent well before we get into some other topics i just thought of this right now and you know a lot of people are talking about um what's coming up what's coming up but i wanted to quickly go over our opinions on this last season what we would rate it we can do like a one through ten or a b c d scale whatever and um i'll let you start first sin and then i'll, I'll let um honest, go and i'll go last but you know just basic impressions of the season how how, how we liked it overall
2: overall let's uh, if we're going with a scale of one to 10 i would rate it probably a seven overall I thought overall it was really good as far as the overall content. Um I really enjoyed the whole St. 14 quarters of time thing. I thought that was interesting to watch, but it did leave for me a little bit more to desire. For a participation standpoint, a lot of that happened while while I was actually working. And for most of the community participating, it was just running in and going and getting a picture pictures and setting them into a team to basically build the overall puzzle. Um I thought That could have been a little bit more. Overall, I thought it it was still a great way for the community to come together. And there really wasn't a lot for me to grind for this season. The exotic quests, because we're talking about exotic quests just a few moments ago, like the Outbreaks and the Whispers, those were fun to get into. The exotic uh, quest lines that we really got this season tied to the quarters of time, which you could do after everybody figured it out. And then there was the one other one where you went into a crucible map and scanned um, frames; those were very light. They didn't require really a lot of grind to get to them. Yeah, the devils were in. Yep. So the experience is good. Just I think they missed it in a few
0: points.
1: Cool, cool. Are you, honest? How do you feel about this previous
0: season that we're coming? To oh close man, out? I'm literally sitting there thinking about doing this video tomorrow too. <laughs> <laughs> uh i've literally got my notes on this channel i tried to type up everything that was basically just available this season to kind of get my head around stuff and as i think you i think everybody's probably gonna be on a similar page but there are certain pieces to this season which were really well done the saint 14 quests were awesome those were cool experiences Corridors of time brought the community together in a great way not everybody felt like they could be involved but It was a cool puzzle, but on the other side, the reward being on the calendar, that whole debacle. Ritual weapons, which I was like, oh yeah, those exist. (laughs) So we had Buzzard and Komodo and Python, which isn't terrible. Um, Got a few new perks. We had the Dawning, we had Crimson Days, ups and downs there. I mean, I think I'm probably in the same boat, somewhere in the 6-7 to range. I'm not going to say it's a bad season, as even Luke Smith said. He's like, I think our winter season was pretty good. And I enjoyed it. Like the lore that you get in the uh Devil's Ruin quest is just you sit there and listen to two guys talk for like and then a couple others bump in and you're like, I'm sitting here listening to commentary for like two hundred seconds, and I'm just waiting to see if there's more. Like, that was great, and I would love more pieces like that. But then on the other side, there's stuff like Buzzard and Komodo, which you just want to pull your hair out, or it's way too easy and doesn't really matter. So this seems to be a season of ups and downs as opposed to just kind of a a steady pace through it, I guess, the way some of the others have had. Um, yeah. Sundial itself has been cool. Um, I will say I did appreciate at least some evolution from Vex Offensive to Sundial, because Vex Offensive was same damn thing for three months. It wasn't a lot of variety. Even the boss was just a different thing. But this one, we at least had different boss mechanics. We had the three different rooms. You might not always face them all. And then, especially when we got to Enotum, you had the Voltron boss in the different room. So... It's a step up, I would say, but I mean that six to seven range, if I'm gonna be particular, is probably where I would fall to just because things hit and things didn't, and I can't ignore the things that didn't land for me,
1: yeah, thanks for that. I think we're all kind of on the same page. I'd have to do it right around a seven, also coming into the season and the first couple of weeks in, you know, never minding the the Saint fourteen missions, which were awesome, but I was thinking, oh, this might be a pretty light season five or six if I had to rate it back then. But then more things came. We found out how easy it was to get these, you know, grind out the weapon rolls. Um, The quarters of time, even though the the end goal might not have been amazing, it was still fun to watch. Doing the Legend Sundial, just by the the time I've gotten to the end of the season now, I'd say eh, maybe a seven, maybe a seven. There, There was definitely ups and downs, like you say. And overall, I would say I've been, Happy with this season? I don't know if I'd say, yeah, it's great, it's awesome, eight, nine, or ten. But yeah, I think we're all kind of feeling that way. Not a not a bad season for ten dollars for sure. We've always said, and I believe you guys have said this too, like, yeah, ten dollars well worth it. No one can argue that, right?
0: Yeah, like the value is there for what you get. It's just for one Destiny community is entirely spoiled. Like we never will get enough content, so that's not going to change too much. But. I also like if I can like pull some of the server linings like, hey, some things didn't land exactly well or quarters of time was, you know, the big streamer thing or however you have your view. There are things that we see hopefully continue to evolve forward. Like the way the obelisks were done, I would love to see more vendors have a situation or a setup kind of like the obelisk, like spend some time on the obelisk, whatever you do, whether it be bounties or just killing things on whatever said planet is or in Strikes for, say, Zavala, and you can level them up and unlock perks and mods that last for a while. Those are things I would really like to see them take because that Obelisk mod, I really would like, I think, could almost work for Faction Rallies. Like, doesn't have to be a big deal, but they're a vendor. You could kind of you know, claim to one for a while and level them up and have just a few things that come from them and the ideas of stuff, I always see them, like, try this idea and then I wonder, I'm like, am I going to see this thing in, like a year just in an evolution because everything does Destiny goes somewhat slow? But little things like that just are kind of the pieces that give me probably the bump up in the scores. You guys say like that seven feels about right because obelisks and a little bit of perks here and the evolution of the story. So things are moving in a good direction if they start building on it.
1: And it sounds like they are, and hopefully they will continue to with these seasons are blending together a little bit better and some cool story beats are coming forward. So, One of the big things I wanted to talk about today is a fun discussion that we've talked about a little bit um, last week in our podcast, but I wanted to talk about some more because see how our feelings have progressed over time. And and I know you guys have talked about it on your podcast, but um, the lovely discussion about Luke Smith saying that he wants to sunset weapons, well, (laughs) to be more specific, legendary weapons, because from what we heard it, we would keep exotics <laughs> so we do want to clarify Correct. that <laughs> yep and it seems like what's even more interesting on this point was i was viewing stuff on twitter about uh i think it was um a guy named kevin saying wow ebonus you guys you, you guys talked about this and now <laughs> luke smith's talking about it <laughs> this is crazy yeah that and...
0: timing was bonkers <laughs> by the way cuz i joked about it the week before he we put it out and then it comes out, and I'm literally tweeting or like even texting Cognito. And I'm just like, I, I'm reading pieces, and I'm like, oh, this might actually be happening because he teased it in the top, <laughs> talked about it later. I was like, oh, is this actually going to happen? And then I read it and I was like, oh my God. So, no, the timing yeah. was amazing, but it's a very, very divisive discussion. So, uh, before I've said anything, because God knows I've talked about it way too much, because um, our <laughs> podcast has co- touched on a couple of true, times. True. Yeah. I am curious your guys' thoughts on it just because I haven't heard yours. To see what you guys think about this, good, bad, or otherwise.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. And um if you don't mind, Sim, we'll start with you because I know it was kind of dropped as a bombshell to you the last week. You hadn't heard about it yet. And now you've thought about it more, and I've even seen you post some things on Twitter. So what are your basic thoughts? And then I'll go next before we sw- uh, switch it back to you,
2: Yeah, I've had uh, I've had the pleasure of being able to listen to quite a few perspectives since the drop of it. Um again, unfortunately with my hectic work schedule and where I'm working now, I've been a little disconnected during the day more so than I should have, but after listening to different perspectives and views, you know reflecting on really my play style more recently, I used to be the guy that was stuck on using the same thing over and over and that was great when the encounters don't change and everything is stale and stagnant using the same thing over and over because you're comfortable with it is cool you run right. to take Lord Cognito aside from one of the last Last word podcast, you know, you spent all that time getting whisper. You want to use it? I get that. Mm-hmm. But now with the changes they've made, it's very inefe- inefficient. That's why Izanagi's has been the top dog recently. But when the new content comes out and the power level changes, and these new weapons come out, and the next round of patches goes out, that whole perspective and and even thinking past that with the artifact and what could come out with these. Artifact mods, and when, when all these changes come out, the play style is going to change. Instead of using, let's say, this season, what? It was um, Scout Rifles was really the big thing with the mods for these uh, these champions. Yeah, that was one of the options. And it changes to something else next season. Now you might have to look at whatever is good for that particular slot. Now you might not be able to use as Asanagis. Maybe you have to use an exotic in the secondary slot. Or, you know, I go back and forth using still um, the uh, Iron Banner rocket launcher, not the rocket launcher, the grenade launcher. Uh Oh, Swarm of the Raven. Yeah, Swarm of the Raven. I finally got a good roll. It took me many seasons to get a good roll on that. The one with the, um, that, uh, these are the... Spike nades, the brain functions that I'm having today. Yep. No, you're good. <laughs> and then um, it's that bourbon, by the way. It's the <laughs> bourbon. And I'm, I'm just sipping on it. So. <laughs> so you got the spike nades. You have the line in the sand, which is pretty good now. You have Izanagi's. There's plenty of options to do DPS, especially on the final bosses and a lot of these raids. When the season changes and more stuff comes out and those things change, my style, I've been switching weapons a lot more now than I have in recent history. First year of Destiny 2, I found something. I liked it. I kept it. The last year, I've been changing up what I've been using. I've been using more scouts. I've been using more autos. I used to only use pulses. Now, that's, that's all gone by the wayside. I'm switching up how I play in different activities, and especially when we're grinding for all of these quests that are out there. When you need grenade launchers for catalysts like... um Fighting Lion. I was grinding Fighting Lion catalyst for a while. So I was using that for quite some time. Or you have to use uh, Linears and Crucible for the for the Komodo. There's a lot of reasons to change up playstyle that I am not set on keeping the same thing throughout the next one to three to one to five years of Destiny 2. I'm excited for the next thing to come out, and I think that's great because then we don't get stuck in doing the same stale thing over and over. So I'm actually excited that they can actually sunset some of the weapon choices and it brings life to new and more exciting guns or weapons in the feet and in the future.
1: Nice. Nice. I'm, I'm uh, similar. I'm uh when I read this right away and I, you can call me a, a bungee apologist because I tend to often agree with whatever they're saying is coming out. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's times where I, disagree a little bit, but I've never usually like, okay, I'm willing to give this a try. Let's see where we're going. And since some people have already been talking about it some, and the way they described it made sense to me, look, I'm a realist. I'm I'm looking at what they're saying and I'm like, yeah, you know, I wasn't really using some of these weapons anyways. And I, like what Sin said, I sometimes I've been pigeonholed into working with weapons that I like, just staying on loaded questions and and uh anarchy or, or whatever um, but this season i've been trying more and more i've been anyone who knows me i've been rocking telesto tons you know it's just a joke but i've been rocking more um sidearms even just different weapons i wouldn't normally do and i'm looking at this as like a realist like you know as long as they're coming out with new things that are good and it seems like i'm trying more of these weapons each season then i don't really want the older weapons to even be an option because it's overwhelming to me. It's like, I don't want to have to be thinking in the back of my mind. Yes, I got 10,000 weapons in my vault. And do I need to be this new, you know, this new activity came out and it has these type of modifiers. Do I want to be going through all 10,000 of my weapons to see which ones are appropriate? No. Okay, I'll wait for the videos to see which ones to use. Okay. But just having these weapons, you know, maybe still available as we know that they're planning on doing, but not being able to level up to me seems like a good thing because there's less to worry about <laughs> and uh the time frame you know i, I want to discuss that a little bit more if that seems like an appropriate amount of time but uh i i, I like the idea actually i kind of liked it the second it came out
0: andy bontis how do you feel <laughs> uh if you guys have listened to last word I'm biased already coming into this discussion because they know what I'm going to say. But in turn, <laughs> I've heard a couple different perspectives too. And even when we had uh, Baba Zard on ours this past few days ago, he mentioned one of those things that was actually a kind of a good clarification point. I mean, my joke has always been, it's like, hey, do you want to use Whisper the Worm if you know Destiny Two lasts up until Year Seven, or they're able to, you know, completely shift Destiny Two, still call it Destiny Two, not Three, and keep some of these things around? It's like the year seven raid, and I use that as an extreme example, because Destiny 2 is probably not going to last that long, which we argued about too. But I was like, should I still be able to pull Whisper from a year one exotic mission into a Destiny, a year seven? That seems, to me, that seemed ridiculous. But then on the other side, it was also he mentioned that it's like, hey, I don't have 1,000 voices. And I'm like, technically, I don't either. Still don't even have that damn thing. And it's the idea of, well, what if a new raid comes out and that's the best thing to use, but you know, There's no way to get it. Do you still need to go back and run that content from three years ago that most people aren't going to want to do, want to potentially find a group for just to bring something new forward so you can be the most optimal? And if it was just you were able to use more of the somewhat current stuff to be able to tackle the same activity kind of gives things it. Yes, it does sense on sunset old things but it allows some people who are newer players as well, not to feel like they have to go play old stuff just to be current and new stuff. And I think that was actually another perspective I hadn't thought of. So for me, I support it. I mean, as I said, my background before world of Warcraft, Diablo, new expansions come out, new seasons come out. I mean, a season of world of Warcraft might've been two years, but you know, they change the world. You go from level 60 to level 70, which is a bigger deal in that one than this one. Um, but that's like going in Destiny from like 1100 to fi- like 1500. It's a huge jump. So you could have spent a year and a half grinding out the like 40 person raid, getting this cool thing, going through a quest that is absolutely bonkers. And yeah, when the new expansion comes out, all that stuff is gone. So it's something I'm used to. But also, as Cognito raised a good point, and he even says it, the guns in Destiny are unique. They are. And we get attached to them. We all do. I have my go figure. I get crap about it all the time because I have 46,000 kills with that thing. And I'm not the highest, but obviously I've used it a lot. And it's kind of, it's a crutch because I got a good roll and it feels good to me. But if there was a point where that was just not going to keep coming forward, I would have to dig around see if I find a new pulse rifle that feels good. And I've got a feeding frenzy multi-kill clip pulse rifle. And I'm like, why am I not using this thing? Because I still have my good old outlaw rampage go figure that I'm just comfortable with. And it's the comfort of one thing that I probably can be like, I can keep pulling it forward, even if it shouldn't be there and may not be as shiny as the new thing. It's the comfort where I'm like, Hey, it works. I know. Cool. I'll do it. And I don't have to worry, look at, or dig around in my vault, which is always full for new guns. So it's a way, and not everybody may have that problem. People may have be like, Hey, it's the new season. I got a couple new weapons, pulled out the new one. And they may want to be able to always go back to those old ones. But if you have the opportunity then there's always the risk of them, as they mentioned, getting power creep in there. And it's not the power creep of always making something powerful. It's the point of saturation power creep where they can't make anything stand out because everything has a spot and nothing is a master. It's a jack-of-all-trades and each thing has its tiny little niche as opposed to things actually standing out and being cool. So I support it in multiple different ways, and but it has been good to kind of see different perspectives and it's like, I my biggest video of all time is Whisper of the Worm, hence why Cognito pokes at me about that one, because that is a special weapon to me because I lived in that mission. It's like, that, that video is stupid, big for me, and it's like, that will always have a special place, but also, it's, you know, nothing's gonna last forever, and in turn, at some point, it probably does need to just, we need to move on from some things. And for Bungie's sake, if they keep making cool stuff, but we don't have the incentive to or even like a force of checking out new stuff. The time they spend on these weapons, which have their own unique sounds and different feels, and start to like, you know, I don't know why I've said the Scave Lock in Destiny 2, like year one. That weapon for me felt like it was supposed to feel. Can't explain why in my head. You guys know which gun I'm talking about? Just the auto rifle? Yes. yes. I don't know why that weapon for me always sticks out as, like, a cool D1 weapon. It had kind of a military sound and feel, kind of bounced a little bit, but it just felt like it was supposed to. And Bungie does that with so many weapons where I pick up this thing and I was like, hey, this Dreaming City Pulse Rifle has this, like, unique sound and firing pattern and animation. And there's so many things you do get attached to, but if you get too attached, they can't get you to try anything else, I think, is the issue. So, I mean obviously I support it as I ramble on here for way too long, but I've I've liked seeing the different perspectives. I like seeing Bungie talk about the whys of like, hey, we have way too many of all these things. I mean a magic card example he said of we have an entire deck of magic cards, but you can always play with all of them forever and there's never a rule set that takes anything out. It's like well then at some point this gets to be a little weird, ridiculous, or just Way too complicated, and they want to be able to continue to build things that intrigue us, which is hard to do when you have stuff sitting out there that's already been intriguing for a while.
2: Right. Okay, that's I'm
0: just, done. Sorry. And, uh, I was also going to say, congrats on the 1.4 million
2: views on the Whisper solo. I'm that that's was what the you're talking
0: about, right? Yeah, that's that's the YouTube gods and many other things shining on a fluke of things that happened. That was just one of those. I people had done Whisper of the Worm when it came out. I did that video substantially later, I think than others had done, but it was when there was no ammo that you could get at a time. It was kind of broken and it was going into a new season. And I guess it was just fresh enough and somehow all the algorithms picked it. So I'm not going to claim a lot. It was, it was a fun video to make and I think it's a pretty good guide, but I will, I will happily appreciate all the luck that happened to get that one. where it is. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Thank you. No, that's awesome. Still fantastic. Absolutely. It It still blows me away when I look at it. So,
1: yeah on on the exotic discussion um i get how they are going to say okay exotics won't be phasing out you can still infuse them but in a way i'd almost say well why not double down on this like exotics here's the thing you can only run one exotic weapon you know purse on the left side and one exotic armor on the right side so they're already making it there's too many i already say there's exotic fatigue there's so many Exotics that I never run because there's too many to pick from. So I would almost be okay too if they start phasing out exotics and bring some new ones in.
0: And Cognito just exploded. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, Cognito.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, and that's that's the harder debate because people do get attached to exotics. Be it Whisper for me, be it you know, say Outbreak perfected. Somebody went through and like you know slogged away on that one, or you do get your Anarchy or a thousand voices after a hundred raids. How do you take that away from somebody? who's put that much time in, but in turn, when you're like, hey, that thing's like three years old now, are you sure you still want to keep using it? And they're like, yes, I love this gun. I have to live on it. Like, I feel like there's kind of a joke there from Iron Man to Spider-Man. It's like, if you're not, you know, if you're not who you are without the armor, you shouldn't have it in the first place. Like, <laughs> bad, exa- bad example, but it's one of those, it's like, if you feel like that is the only thing you really want to use, how are they going to make something that's going to pull you away from that? Because even for the Whisper example, you've got Whisper, Excuse me. You've got Darcy and I'm trying to think of other snipers that are exotic and there's only so many ways they can they can twist things and obviously make things different. But how many ways can you make an exotic rocket launcher? We've got tracking, we've got now Deathbringer which is cool, you know, shoots out above, and you've got Wardcliff Coil. But I'm like, give me another exotic rocket launcher. Okay, you got Two-tailed Fox that fires two. You have four different exotic rocket launchers that feel different to them. How do they put a fifth exotic rocket launcher in there? Now it's all on Bungie to continue to be creative and innovative, but at a point they can only mix up so much stuff without trying to, you know, retire some combine a couple things. It's just, it, it is going to get hard for them to really start making stuff creative because as you said, exotic fatigue, how many things do you actually use from your exotic vault? That's already not being touched anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, and here's the thing they're giving us, lots of notice too so it's not like they're saying oh by the way next week um whispers being retired so uh those who ran it last week oh well you know but they're saying you know well first of all they're not getting rid of exotics anyways this was just a hypothetical discussion right but even with the legendaries um they're gonna say you know nine to fifteen months i assume you know the devil's in the details but i assume what's going to happen is when they if they, and when they start implementing this, we'll get some seasonal notice. Okay, three months from now, these weapons will be retired. So that's your warning. I don't know what you think about that.
2: Well, you also Uh, mentioned one thing, Avantis, about maybe you ran a hundred times to get the um, 1K Voices. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. in my case, it took me one run. So I'm not in the same boat that everybody else was oh. with the, uh,
0: <laughs> oh, you are lucky. So it is like that little bit of RNG. Cause I'm yeah, sure it does happen all the time.
2: Anarchy. I got my second run now in my defense. I still, there are people to...
0: who hate you right now, by the there way. Is. So there is good luck this with is that like a funny discussion. <laughs> I
2: still haven't gotten terrible. So I'm, I am on the short end of the stick on that one. That one's
0: not as valuable. So you're probably okay. Right. Yeah.
2: But that was the only luck or RNG I've ever had. The other, you know, legendary stuff, the shotgun from Escalation Protocol. That one took me forever to get.
0: I'm and with you on that one.
2: Yep. The Swarm of the Raven, the roll, the roll that everybody was looking for. It took me forever to get that. I just happened to have a very, very good luck with those exotics.
0: Yeah. So, and and that's kind of the hard thing. So. Picture anything for you that has been that really hard grind. Some people want the curated, what is that one called? Um, Mindbenders, if I, you're going for that, that one. one. Well, Mindbenders is one. That's a huge one. And that's spare like, rations how is another? Spare, spare rations is another. I checked my vault when spare rations became popular. I was like, oh, I have a good one. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, that was one of those I just, like again, tripped over in my vault because I'm a hoarder and sometimes it pays off. But, um, yeah, what is it? I have Rapid Hit, Range Finder, Ricochet Rounds, Full Bore with a Range Masterwork. People are like, I hate you. <laughs> I didn't even try <laughs> for that one. It was in there from just doing random Drifter Season stuff. And I was like, oh, cool. Seems like I should keep this one. And sure enough, it was. But that's, I mean, there are certain ones that have been absolute struggles for people to go for. And Bob Bazard, who was on our podcast, was basically just saying, hey, this thing, say, you know, 1,000 voices. At some point, they may retire last wish is a raid and you just straight up can't get it anymore. It's like three years later, the raid's done or the dreaming city gets fixed. What if they actually move the story forward and they fix the dreaming city? There's no more raid to go through because in a lore sense, it doesn't make sense for it to even be there. Other things have happened there and you can't go get it anymore. Are you okay with that? And he's like, yeah, I missed it. And it's, and that's just different, different mentalities. Cause not everybody's going to be like, well, there was this game gun. I really want to go get it. And you're like, Dude, it's four years old. Are you sure? Yes, I really want to. And other people aren't going to care. And that's where I don't have a good explanation of how to tell somebody be like, yeah, you're probably just not going to be able to get this thing. Because some people want to collect everything that has ever existed in the game. And it may just not be possible. And it's just I don't want to say, like, tough love. But I don't have a great answer or explanation as to why. But I know at some point this has got to happen for them. Because as they said, if they want to change the world of Destiny, like, hey, say the Leviathan swallows Nessus. Or the Dreaming City loop gets fixed and Shattered Throne is gone. That was his question to me. What if they fix the loop in, in the dungeon or in Dreaming City and Shattered Throne goes away? And I can never run that dungeon again. I was like, oh. but how long has it been there? So I don't know. It's, it's tough on both sides and I get it. But I think for Bunchy's sake to evolve Destiny and give us things that we might care about, I think it is kind of a necessary evil personally.
1: So you're saying they should take away all our weapons. I heard it here, folks. Ibanez said, Bungie, take away all our weapons.
0: (laughs) Hey, I didn't know Cognito was on this podcast. Damn.
2: (laughs) We're just going to restart Destiny 2 all over again.
0: Yeah, blow up the tower for the third
1: time. (laughs) And that was actually kind of refreshing to me, too. I mean, I don't want them doing this once a year or anything. But, again, I kind of get like this, uh, I don't care as much about collecting everything. I mean, I try to get all the good stuff. But when Destiny 2 started fresh, I was like, it was kind of like, actually like a load off my shoulders. Like, I don't have to weapon or worry about all this anymore. I'm just starting fresh. So that's just more my mentality. I, again, I'm fine with them. Taking stuff away, yes. If they take away some of the ones I enjoy a lot. Loaded questions, Telesto. You know, these these certain things. You know, whatever. I'll be a little little disappointed. But I'll survive. I, I like the game enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about you, Sen? Any final thoughts since I think I beat that topic to death? Yeah, uh,
2: I mean, we can keep beating it if you want.
0: Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with taking it all away. Obviously, I
2: have weapons right now. I was just looking at Dim and looking over my vault. I have 470 in my vault right now. That's not including the almost full every single other character space that I have. And even yeah, you're stuff about, in you're about me. Um, And I don't use majority of them i have ones that i've locked that i'll go back and use if i need them for a certain encounter but for the most part i'm using the same stuff i'm just alternating between them for whatever i need them for so to me let's blow it all up take them all away let's start over i mean retiring weapons to me is a way for them to reset the game without having to build a new game
1: so let's do it yeah no one uses all these remember when we were at the end of year one holding on to both a solar arc and void of the EP. Oh my God. Yes. And a solar yeah. arc and void of positive outlook and a solar arc and void of like all these good weapons. Like for, what was that worth it? Like I never pull them out anymore. <laughs> nope. Right.
0: Melted
2: all melted. Yep.
0: All gone. Yeah. I've been go through, I've been going through and slowly just deleting stuff. Cause again, I'm a hoarder the same way. Every slot and every character is just stupidly packed. So for me, I even have like, I still have my invader set. I have my notorious set. Just because that was a pain in the butt to get. And I was like, if I need it for some reason at some point, it still sits there. So I have those which have the old perks on them, which at some point probably won't even function. But for now they do. So yeah, those types of things. It's nice to just kind of get the sometimes they just need to nudge you a couple steps down to keep moving forward. Because otherwise we're just going to cling to the top step and be like, no, not going away. Yep. Well, it's a
1: good discussion. I'm sure we will all be talking about it more, especially details coming down the road. But let's move on to at least spend a little bit of time of what is coming up for this next season. First thing I want to talk about, because this is such a fun topic, and I think I was thinking about this more. It's like maybe they meant to like make this a dramatic thing, or maybe they didn't. They just got lucky, but I think it's brilliant how it's turning out. What do we think about this Titan armor <laughs> from the Eververse set, Sin? I have to ask you first. Uh, I I know you guys have talked about Ivana's a little bit, but uh, you know which one I'm talking about, Sin? Yeah, and I was actually quite excited
2: when Ivana started off saying that he was a crown eater. So, that made me quite happy. (laughs) 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 Titans Unite.
1: You you know which armor I'm talking about? Yes, uh, the
2: the meme-worthy one that now I've seen 10 million memes on all over Twitter. I've seen it even in um, Facebook feeds now. It's I'm kind of surprised they would put that out there. To be honest with you, it looks a little awkward, and <laughs> it's not my cup of tea. And maybe they're trolling us with the whole crown-eating thing, but I don't know. Not for me, though.
1: Not for you, dog. Huh?
2: No, it's a no for me,
1: dog. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, would, would, would that be your main set? You're gonna?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm totally gonna be walking around with the goodwill set for sure, hundred percent. Uh no, it's that was I think it was half of the Titans out there were like, oh look at the hunter wait, that's ours? Like that was my that was the thought process I went through because like there's no way that's the thin wait, hold on. I'm sorry, that's the Titan? I was so (laughs) confused. It did not seem like it fit, and I just (laughs) I don't know. It's it's the one of the weirdest ones. I know they've literally put out on Twitter that hey, they shaded it up. In my opinion, none of the shaders look good on it either. It is not my jam. The other two I mean you've got like I've seen it there's so many memes about it. I mean you've got like Gucci, you've got Nike, and then you've got Goodwill. You've got like the suave guy who's like president of the class, you've got the jock, and then you've got the chest nerd. Like I don't know how many different ways like you you can <laughs> meme a set of armor, but it's a living up to all of them. So no, I will <laughs> be folding hardcore on that one. Hard pass.
1: But here's the thing, this it's and again, they may not have meant it this way, but this has been great discussion point. You know, you get uh Whenever people talk about things, good or bad, it's it sure makes it interesting. And this has been a crazy discussion point because, yeah, like I'm looking at the Warlock armor room like, yeah, finally something. I mean, maybe it's a little flashy, a little like 70s like pimp style, but I'm going to be rocking it. I think finally there's one that doesn't look so much like a dress. I'm a Warlock main, by the way. And um, the Hunter one. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I guess I thought it was a Titan at first. Also, it does look like the very like jock bomber jacket letterman jacket type um, situation the titan yeah goofy but dmg really ran with this and they're kind of leaning into it some i don't know if they're just trying to say like yeah guys it's actually not as bad as you think or maybe they're just like yeah it is kind of funny but look what you can do with it but you know he showed some people put some shaders on it i do think yes it's still not the best set but the one second from the left that's kind of like the white looks okay and then, and it's also partially the angle. I, the angle they showed in the original shot was just the goofiest angle. At least with this angle, it's a little bit better. Honestly, I think probably one of the biggest problems is um, the ratio of the helmet next to how big the collar opens. It doesn't seem like it matches. If that makes sense, it's like it's too much of a neck opening, or yeah, neck gap it's
0: like a really deep neckline, and then it's still got he's still got a yellow or an orange turtleneck on underneath a very deep necked necked coat. And I'm like, I, who, who made this? Like, I don't know who it was designed for a gorilla. And then he's got a skin suit on underneath. There's so many weird things. I, oh, saw no, another... I can bash that one all day long. It's rough.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, okay, no, I agree, but I'm just trying to be like, show the other side too. there. So also DMG reposted someone who drew like a picture of what, like maybe a female Titan would look like, uh, you know, with the helmet off and with the armor. And I'm like, okay, yeah, female Titan. looks pretty cool but it, maybe just find a different helmet that just doesn't match. It's still maybe not the best quote armor also, but it's the armor with the helmet and especially those goofy, goofy shaders that they just <laughs> did that on that first shot. I don't know what they were thinking.
0: Yeah. Most of the time, if you know your wife is like, Hey, do I look cool? You're like, yeah, absolutely. And this, this is one of those rare moments. So you'd be like, ah like you finally have to call them out and be like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know if that's yours today. I don't know if you're pulling it off. Are you sure you want to wear that?
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I love all the comments. People are saying a couple that I had was like, Hey dad, do I look like a Titan yet? (laughs) Or can I play with you guys? Like the older brothers, (laughs) you know, no, stop bugging us. You, you know, so much, so much bad. So, yeah. So that was a very fun piece of news. Um, But we did get a lot in our TWAB and I don't know if you had a chance to look over it at all yet. We can uh, give you the cliff notes. I briefly glanced through it, and and just from a little bit from listening to different podcasts the past few days, uh, but I'll let you run through it. Okay. I wanted to talk about uh, a couple things and maybe what some of these activities will look like going forward. But uh, one of the most interesting things to me anyways is the power level increase and I find it interesting, especially since this last season they only raised it by 10, why are we are raising 40 this time around. I have some guesses. I want, I want to hear what bondus thinks. But I mean, obviously, the Grandmaster Nightfall could be kind of right around that 1,000, 1,010 range. But what else really what we can only assume that the regular Master Nightfalls are staying at 980. Uh, do we think and hope that some there'll be some. What if what if there's actually... There is a raid coming this season or something else big. Why we need to be to 1010. What do you think, Ybonis? Uh
0: Didn't even think about the raid part. I don't expect it. Um, that would be quite the shocker, I think, for a lot of people. I think between Trials and Grandmaster and the Seraph stuff is probably what they've got bandwidth for at this point. Uh, no, the power level, honestly, I... Mm. Do you think it's more... I mean, but why so much this season if that's just the
1: few things? It's just because they want people on iron Banner, or sorry uh trials something to grind
0: for the pd i think it's a combination like for one it pushes the kind of free account cheaters having to get higher to really compete i mean if you're going to cheat in trials yeah you're probably still going to you know hit all your shots but if you're 50 levels below just cuz you don't play like a normal person then that's still probably going to be substantially harder for you to cheat uh without actually putting some time in so some of it I'm guessing is trials. I also think probably just some of the feedback over the 10 bump. And they're like, if you're doing it again, because me, uh, this was one of my more casual seasons. Because I'm like, well, if it only goes up by 10, do I really need to raid? Or do I really need to go run these dungeons or master activities? Because I don't know next season, I'll just get that 10. And yeah, I'll be 10 behind. But the next season, I'll get it so much easier. Do I really want to like go through the painstaking effort of act- the tough activities? Or do I want wait- to wait for the next season and have it in like a week? So that was some of the mentality for me, why at least this way gives a little more life to, you know, your weekly bounties and your powerful gear and stuff like that. Especially if you have three characters, it's going to give longer life to the basic stuff. So for me, I see it as a positive for those types of things. But I wanted to ask you guys from somebody who is truly a raider, a hardcore, a, you know, glad sweatsicle, like they're going to be top level and do all the pinnacles, run three raids on all three characters, like do all of that stuff. And they get do, go through the hard effort of being, you know, top hardcore pinnacles does a bump of 40 that completely and absolutely nullifies the pinnacles next season. How do you guys feel that's going to roll for them? Because 10 and 10, at least hey, if they got the pinnacle, they instantly jump in being 10 levels ahead. If you did grind the pinnacles now, even if they did the pinnacles, I'm going to catch them in about six hours and that's it. How, whatever powerfuls get me there. And then I'm good to go again. So I didn't know if you guys had any thoughts of the pinnacles kind of. Devaluing, and there's even more pinnacle top later on in the Twab. The pinnacle changes, like kind of devaluing some of those harder activities. I was curious your guys' thoughts on that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I said the exact same thing at the end of last season on the podcast. I was like, they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. I, when we weren't sure if they were going to like raise by 50 for this last season or not raise at all. And interestingly enough, they kind of took a middle the road approach with only going 10 up. But yeah, I mean, I've been talking to people this season that have been like, you know, doing 980 80 night falls and like, Oh, are you, are you just trying to get some, you know, some more golf balls? Like, Oh, we're also going for the pinnacle power. Like, Oh really? Not so much worth it. In my opinion, this late in the season, if you're for mostly just doing it for the power level. So very good point on that. And also what you said about just having it is still, it seems like they don't know what we do on a raise power level a lot or not. Cause last season they didn't this season they are, but I generally more would err on the side of raising power level. Because it does give people something else to go for, even if there's not a lot of PV activities, which I was, you know, yeah, there probably won't be a raid, but I would still hope maybe we can get a hard mode of the raids or a featured raid like what you guys have said in the past. Maybe they'll do something like that this season. Probably not, but hopefully, I I have reasons then more to grind for it. Sin, what do you think? I do hope they're bringing back or bringing a raid this
2: time around it would be nice. I think it's due for it. The power level increase could indicate that, but it also could be just the fact for Trials. And they did say, I think we mentioned right, they're disabling the artifact for the Trials or power-enabled PvP activities. So maybe having the bump in overall power out of the gate gives people reason to grind for Trials this season. I don't know. I don't, I don't much care about it either way because I'm going to get to the power level that I need for whatever activities I'm going to do. And, you know, past the pinnacle part itself, getting to the thousand power level before you get to the pinnacle
1: grind, I think it'll be easy. Yeah, it shouldn't be too bad. Um, I don't know if that kind of answered what you your questioning, Bontis, but I, I have so many different thoughts about it. It's hard to kind of narrow it down.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's more the, like, I mean, getting to a thousand, I think, will help trials kind of give you a little more incentive to be active playing and doing your powerfuls. If you really want to continue to play trials, you know, consistently, it's probably going to be more people playing longer. Cause I felt casual. I feel like a lot of people have had felt pretty casual and still be able to do what I need to do this season. So there hasn't been much incentive to really play a ton and still be able to do most of what the season has to offer. So this is going to give you more incentive to go play Strikes and Gambit and Crucible matches to get a lot of your basic things out of the way to continue to boost that level, at least longer. Hopefully that'll help some of the population bases. I just don't know. I'm not a hardcore raider. Used to do it a lot more, just don't have a good solid group to do it with. But if I was a hardcore raider, I mean, with the plus two boost on Pinnacles, and we can kind of bring up the other end of the TWAB if you want as well, as they're thinking about adding Pinnacles now to... About halfway through the season when Grandmaster launches, because that timing seems fitting, when they mentioned the Pinnacles coming for Gambit weekly challenges and Crucible weekly challenges and Vanguard weekly challenges, I mean, that's either going to be like do three strikes, you know, complete three matches or whatever, or go do your eight bounties. I don't know where they're going to place it. Where again, that the feeling of like pinnacle gear, I can go do three matches in Gambit and lose or otherwise, or I have to go get six people together and go do these crazy mechanics in a raid, and that nets me the same gear. I've and again, different mentality person who has like two hours to play versus somebody who lives in the game, obviously going to think different about that one. I was just curious what you guys think on that piece. Now, was it you all that said in your last podcast, if I remember correctly?
2: having the different power levels, is that something that is for sure happening where raids and trials are like a plus two versus the nightfalls and strikes or gambits all plus one? Or is that just that is,
0: that was, that was a theory or at least a way I think they could keep the value in those types of things. I think Babazard actually said I was perfect when he did. I was like, that makes total sense. Like an easy pinnacle. Yeah. You get a plus one, you know, kind of work on it slowly. You go do a raid or, you know, a dungeon. Maybe that's a plus two. Like, because right now, everything, if everything stays as plus two, it definitely changes the value. So yeah, that was not Correct. anything concrete, but actually sounds like it would be a good idea. Yeah, I'm
2: curious if we'll actually do something like that, because that would be a great way to keep the value of the higher pinnacle activities while incre- slightly increasing the value of the other weekly ritual activities like the gambits and the crucible matches, giving people reason to play them without devaluing the raids and trials.
1: Well, for me, um, unless they are going to be, again, I they, probably nothing's happening here. But you know, even less chance a new raid, or, or a slightly better chance they make the current raid or raids harder, or have some weekly feature like. That's my main end game activity, and then probably my second would be the the nightfalls. I'm not as much of a PvP player or trials player, so to me having a power level at a thousand and then a pinnacle 10 more, the pinnacle thing kind of just bores me. I'm like, well, unless I hear there's some, you know, super awesome reason to run the grandmaster nightfalls, I am not going to care about getting those extra 10 pinnacles, especially if like, yeah, there's more sources now. Gambit strike. Uh, That's kind of boring. I don't know. I guess I'll run into it, but I don't have like a super incentive to the very first season of this year you know shadow keep there was more reasons for me to go for that plus 10 pinnacle because it would help me immensely in the raid and immensely in the in the nightfalls but now i'm noticing more this season and probably even more the next season till we find out more what's going on i just don't have a reason to run for the pinnacle especially since i'm not going to be trying to be an iron band or uh why do i keep saying i'm <laughs> trying trials try hard you know
0: Yeah, so I mean that was covering my question. So it's just going to kind of be a wait and see. But I think they do have to consider the value of the hardcore player for the gear that drops for them. So that's just one of those things they can't forget about. Yeah,
1: and and loot like what do we? That's a whole discussion too. Like what can we even guess will be reasons for running these Grandmaster Nightfalls? We already get you know Ascendant shards from the you know not maybe every single time, but um, what else can they add that would make it so that these Grandmaster Nightfalls are, are worth running? Did you guys have any ideas? I don't really. That's why I'm kind of like, you know, I'm not <laughs> at a loss myself, you know, uh, you could say, yes, yeah, some, some more new weapons, I guess. Uh, it's a Ten? tough one. There really isn't
2: any reason that I could think of to, to really run them. Unless they pack away into the loophole something that would drive most people to go in there, I love emotes, and without having to go to Eververse, um, <laughs> there you
1: go. If they if they
2: do something like a cool emote or something, you know, it doesn't even have to be the most amazing thing in the world, but something that I could use occasionally, and I don't have to spend a thousand silver on it, but I just gotta bust my rear end to go get it out of a out of a nine eighty then yeah, i want to go find a group and I'm going to do that because I want it. And it doesn't cost me anything other than my time and a little bit of fun to do it. Yeah. I think that would be a good reason. Or if they came up with some weapon that's crazy hard to get and you got to go through a 980 to get it, yeah, maybe that could be a way to to bring relevance to it.
0: I mean, I've been wondering the same thing in my head, because being a Nightfall guy, I sit there and look at the 980s and yeah, our level's getting up there a little more, so they're not quite as daunting as they were. But still, you look at like eight modifiers and they're all negative. And I'm just like, okay, so master's 980, eight things working against me, lock loadout, more champions, every mob dies into a pool of fire that's on the floor. And and if an, a boss does push you back, they're going to push you harder and faster and more damage. And I'm just like, that's already there. <laughs> what else are you going to do to me just to make these things either harder? And, and that's where I get to the point of like, it's got to be a point to where it's not just like, Unfun, like, and like. I don't know if you add. Hey, if you add four more modifiers on there, and they all still suck, like, do I even want to do that? And then the other side of that coin is like, okay, so if you make it really hard, and you put some cool loot back there. Are you telling me you're finally going to put strike exclusive by this behind this ridiculous one thousand twenty power level nightfall ordeal with twelve modifiers? And some people are like, finally, you give a strike exclusive loot, and you're going to make me pull, blow my brains out to get it, like somewhere i don't and that's where i was like i've really got to see what they do with these things because i'm very very curious because i don't know what the loot can be like if you do strike strike exclusives like i loved in destiny one when you go kill the fallen saber and you get his him as a hat and i'm like you get him and you wear him as a helmet or the dark blade still my favorite helm for the titan that thing looked amazing
1: um, yeah and those were in the strikes they weren't yeah they're not in like
0: this thousand twenty level grandmaster yeah. So like the strike exclusive loot not being in the game, I think has really hurt the strikes a lot, especially as the newer ones, they haven't even put anything in for those like Broodhold and Scarlet Keep don't even have strike exclusive. So when they come up for a nightfall, you're like, there's less of a reason to even grind. You do your one and then you're done, but there's no exclusive and even the new ones. So I'm going, I'm really confused on what there's going to be. And the reward wise, do you need two golf balls instead of one? Do you always get an exotic, but it's still just an RNG roll? I don't know what it can change except a seal. And uh, I don't know. This one has me scratching my head in so many ways. I wish I could see like the bungee whiteboard about all this stuff. Cause I can't figure it out in my head. I don't know. So
1: exactly how I'm feeling. In some ways I'm super concerned about what might be coming up. And in other ways I'm also, you know, we don't know everything yet. And it seems like we definitely know they're holding more back from us this coming season than what we knew upfront last season. So I'm just hoping there's like just some cool bombs that are dropped upon us on at least as far as okay these are the reasons why you're running these we couldn't even imagine or maybe it is some good loot and they're not that bad so I'm, that's what I'm hoping for anyways well we'll see when it comes up we already know the roadmap of what they're showing us this time around is seems like a little less information than from the previous time we we don't know what the exotic quest is for for which exotic weapon right you yep. can only speculate on that. Um, we can only speculate on some other things. I'm really intrigued on some of these PvE activities, what they will be. And I'm happy to hear that it's a little more nuanced than what we first thought. Uh, there was some clarification going around that three separate things. There's the Seraph Towers, the Seraph Bunkers, and then the legendary Lost Sectors. Now, the Seraph Towers and the Seraph Bunkers they're part of the free-to-play grouping so anyone can go into those so my guess i don't know what you think but wouldn't that make sense to have those more like a public event like anyone can go into them it's probably not going to be like a match made activity
0: yeah it seems like the tower for sure is going to be like a public event as it seems to be pretty open in spaces at least the video showed like a tiny clip on the moon that's like well if you're on the surface of the moon that's a pretty public space so i don't think those will be hidden away yeah, maybe kind of like an EPS type thing where you, people
1: can just move over to it and, and work on it. Who knows with the bunkers, but maybe also too. Now, I saw there's a couple of images of where they show openings to. I'm assuming these are the bunkers. I guess they could be the Legendary Lost Sectors, but um, one shows on the moon, kind of near close to the spawn point off to the left. And you can see an opening into the ground. And I believe actually the title underneath the picture did say it was a serif bunker. So that'll be interesting if we, that looks also like you just drop into it. Um, Obviously probably an instant space, but uh, who knows if it's going to be match made, but then with the legendary lost sectors, with this being part of the season pass, maybe that could be a match made activity. That'll be hard to know too. Like what are these legendary lost sectors? I mean, are they the regular lost sectors just ramped up or are we getting something totally new? Is it match made? Is it not? Um, I kind of would like one small match made activity. So maybe maybe we can add that and and see how it goes there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of with you on that one. That's it. There, there seems to be a decent amount out there. Um, I mean, it sounds like if you go two week, two week, two weeks, like March 10th, seems like EDZ for the bunker and lost sectors, March 24th, the moon, April 7th, IO after that, no idea. So you, it sounds like you got like, it seems like we've got activities for the early part of the season and then the rest of it is guardian games and then a giant question mark. So I am kind of curious how things end up falling. What's match made. As you said, I didn't even think about matchmaking actually, if lost sectors are going to have those or if the bunkers, if either has matchmaking, I don't actually know.
1: Yeah. It's just fun to speculate. I feel like, and I think it's interesting too. two of them are part of the, uh, free to play. And one of them is part of the season pass. So, um, you can see with that. And then of course we also get, um, what do they call it? Uh, um, uh, war mind, um, weeklies or what, what do they call those? Sorry. I'm blanking on that here. Wrath of the machine is coming back. I heard it here. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sin. that'd be, that'd be fun. Um, Rasputin bounties is that what was called or Rasputin challenges
0: yeah something like that what do they call it uh weekly Rasputin challenges
1: so that could be just stupid basic things but I hope that it's something almost like a fourth element on top like okay to prove that we're worthy this week we need to get this this and this done and it's a it's a fair challenge or a fair, fairly lengthy bounty, and maybe they can repeat again, right? But for those that are getting those done each week, we get some awesome drop or we get to progress in the story.
0: Yeah, and those could even be just like the um, what am I thinking of the heiress memories. They could do something like yeah. that to progress the story too. So again, a lot of wait and see, but they've got they've got some hidden nuggets in here. I'm hoping that uh, pay off decently. May not be like epic, but hoping a decent payoff is there
1: do you hope or think you know that we see that uh we at least will have a cutscene uh about do you think we'll have some story missions kind of like how we had with the saint 14 story missions
0: i've got to hope so because those are always really enjoy. like the Saint 14s right. one set a bar really high like those were damn good so especially the second one saving him and you got the tease of like the trials call outs and maybe it was like oh he's gonna call trials um i don't know if you can go quite to his level because saint 14 is such a famed character as we're saving him it feels very epic so on this one unless like rasputin screaming at you and like crazy robot russian i don't know if they're gonna hit as well but i would like to see at least a couple something to move the story besides a weekly bounty or something i'd like a little more so we'll see
1: yeah i hope there's stories uh it's funny like these um saint 14 story missions a lot of people knew about them, but they didn't understand exactly what they were, how cool they were. And and we had to kind of push people to run them sometimes, too. Like, oh, be sure you get those done because they're actually some of the best content of this season. Something to do. And they like, oh, yeah, yeah, they were cool. And I even noticed early on, too, that they would ramp up in difficulty depending on how many people you're playing with. Because I played it solo the first time, and then I played it again with Sin, and then I think the second mission I went in with the three stack and I noticed that I just, I forget what it was if it was more yellow bars or what, but they actually did ramp up, which I really appreciated. Like, Oh, that's some smart thinking that Bungie did there.
0: Nice. All right. Sin, just was oh. like Sin, I feel like I've talked over you. So I apologize about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you're quite fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at the roadmap here, but, um,
2: yeah, I'm, that's exactly you guys are talking I'm going through and I'm just skimming over all the information that I've been missing out on on covering and keeping up with. But I think you're right Kingsley cuz you jumped in with me on that mission and it definitely seemed a little beefy when you and I were running that mission together.
1: Yeah, it was not hard per se but a little tanky like taking everything down and gave us enjoy being in the mission for post just like oh we melted them with two Nova bombs or something, you know, we, we actually were in there for a bit. So it seemed meaningful. Right.
0: Yeah. I think I did that solo, so I didn't know it actually got harder. So that's kind of cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's these little things that I almost
0: wish that they would
1: tell us more of um, because then people could be like, Oh, maybe I would actually want to run it with someone else to make it a, a different experience. And you can't really go back and do those, right? Unless you bring another character through or you're running them with someone who are, is at
0: that step. Same thing. Yeah, like there's a quite a few a like one-shot experiences in this game that I wouldn't mind. Just being able, even just to goof around, like if I want to go play the mission where I get my powers back when I level up in the story, mm-hmm. just to have like the fun of like, hey, here's an infinite number of hammers and you just go to town. And I was like, those are just fun. Even just to show somebody what that looks like. If you have like, a 4k monitor and like crazy refresh rate. And you just like, what's going to look the coolest. That would be like the first thing I go choose. You got powers, particle effects, crazy stuff going on. I mean, that would just be an easy thing and you'll never get to play it again. And I'm like, just like kind of sucks that some of that stuff is just hidden away. Ever it's used one time.
1: Very true. Yeah. That, those are, those are always like when I hear someone running through something that, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll run through that with you. Cause I got to experience that once or twice, but it's been a while. We don't need to go through, we don't probably need to go through all the exotic changes for all the uh, classes. But I do I do want to hear, Ebonus, what you think would be the most interesting with the Titan set since you're Titan main. I want to talk about the Warlock while we're thinking about that. Of This one could be a huge, huge outlier, as you probably know, the Sanguine Alchemy. Doesn't that seem like, we don't know how awesome this will be, but this could be super awesome. You're standing in a rift. And it will pause the duration of the rift if you're um, getting weapon kills.
0: Yeah, I was like, I'd... previously, s- so I was just going previously, it seemed like more of a PvP one to see through walls, but this thing's got potential in PvE oh, yeah. to just start melting stuff. You put an empowering rift down, scout rifle at range, a whole bunch of low level stuff. Yeah, I think you'd be cooking for a while there. That's this got is hope.
1: definitely something we're going to be, uh, war- us Warlocks are going to be trying right away. I don't assume this would also work on the Well of Radiance. That'd be super if it could do that oh that'd be terrifying i know right <laughs> now, i had a, a mini discussion with some other people about this you know they say rifts and we do know that when you place a rift the wording above your super says rift versus when you place a well of radiance it says well of radiance however you could use a different logic that when you're using the Lunafaction boots you know they yep. increase reload on any rift they just say rift and in this case it also works on a well So that would be way crazy. There
0: will be some testing going on. It sounds like that. I didn't even think about well of radiance. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's that'll change some things. You would think they would test it for that because they're so afraid of wells being too powerful or I mean, the hunter has got a shot in the foot again for uh, Orpheus rig. Like, yes, there's certain things they tend to have a pretty close eye on, but I don't know. We'll have to see. That's now I really want to know. (laughs) I'm guessing
1: not. We can't assume that. But boy, I'm going to definitely test that right away and even in the rift situation it's going to be a nice nice thing to have at least i assume in certain you know circumstances imagine again two or three warlocks and some you know heroic level activity just dropping normal rifts and everyone's standing in them across the map and and they're actually extending almost indefinitely because we're shooting ads so that that can definitely make things help on yep. the Titan changes, anything that like really stands out to you? We don't have to go through all of them. I mean, if you want, we can, but w- what are you most excited for or
0: worried about? Even as a Titan, I'm happy to see One-Eyed Mask kind of get um, kicked down a few pegs, if not more. Um, <laughs> One-Eyed Mask is just too powerful. Like It really is. It's been standout. You're not going to see through walls. You're not going to be able to get the bonus damage. The overshield still is probably going to give it some value, even though it's a little shorter. Um, But generally, it's been too strong for too long. Again, I'm okay with the retiring stuff. Same thing. It's had its heyday for way too long. Kind of curious to see that one go away. Uh, A couple that I was looking at really were the um, Dune Marchers. 20 meters is a really, really long range for that static charge. So that one might be um, quite annoying. If you can punch somebody and 20 meters away, you can actually electrify the next person whip out a shotgun, hit them ha- with half damage and they die. Or in PVE, 20 meters that you're going to change to a lot of stuff. And the Mark 44 stand on I'm sorry, but more people are going to be shoulder charging. Now it's just going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, inc- that's insane. The 2020 20 meter increase up from 12 on the Dean marchers.
2: And yeah, I'm appreciative of the one eyed mask being inside myself. I haven't used it in crucible in probably a year is that how about how long it's been out a little over a oh, year yeah, yeah, and one, it's just a laziness factor of having to change my armor all the time. I change it with my weapons i don't i very rarely ever change my armor two, I don't ever really need it one, i'm not that I'm not good enough to where that's gonna make the difference of whether or not i'm gonna win a battle or not. Most of the time it's just my knowing my encounters is gonna help me win my battle in p v p so I'm okay with that one. And I do agree that the uh, 20 meters on the dune marchers is definitely
1: something that's going to be very interesting to see. You'll have to test that out. We will see. On the hunter, I don't know as much about the hunters, but that is going to be crazy about the Orpheus rigs. makes me a little sad in, again, some of these like things where we could use them in nightfalls or raids. Um, that's just kind of getting nerfed down some more, but I guess whatever. You know, okay, so we went in, and you were in the party sin, but we were running d1 raids a couple nights ago and it is a night and day difference with the current meta on how quickly you can get your supers back in pve probably even pvp too. but um in d1 you know we were doing the what i would call the one two combo of uh, hunter throwing um tether and then i was following up with a nova bomb and we were instantly just regenning you know both our supers back and forth in the vault of glass (laughs) in in that middle area right there. And I, I can see that's, Oh yes, that is too far on the one side. Right. But I kind of, and I, I I was fine with all these nerfs that they've made, but I'm kind of thinking we're almost a little too far on the other side. Now there's a lot of activities I go into. I'm like, I don't have my super yet, you know, so I'm kind of hoping we can maybe consider bringing it back the other way a little bit.
0: Yeah. The one I would watch is Kepri sting smoke bombs dealing 150 percent damage i could see that being rough <laughs> so just something i would yeah. i have a hunch there's going to be a few more smoke bombs thrown around because if you get tagged by one of those it's going to sting a lot
1: i could see that too yeah that's probably gonna be a big one well let's just go into our grab bag section i mean the other topic bring up as we kind of like uh finish on this week's twab and our main discussion um We could go for hours with some of these changes, but I just kind (laughs) of wanted to get, I I really wanted to talk about the weapons, potential changes, and then uh, briefly what we're looking forward to. Um, But I'm really excited about this season. I'm going to be hopping on, seeing what it's like, and uh, hopefully we'll have a lot of good things to report come Tuesday. So, Yeah, I'm excited for it. I
2: did see, uh, scrolling through, again, all the list of stuff that I've been catching up on. That Paul Tassi had an article about, and this could be more along the lines of, not really a spoiler, but a theory of Aldrin maybe making an appearance in this coming season. Did you all read that?
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Read it, talked about it. Hunt, yeah, it's, it's intriguing. Yes. And I think, as you guys have said, too, the dangling storylines out there. I kind of want them to take at least one of those and keep moving them forward. He had another article about the pyramid ships. He's like, if the pyramid ships don't get here in year six of all of the Destiny franchise, how much longer are we going to wait? So, I I agree. Like, if Aldrin's sitting out there and they're going to tease this whoever sitting in a helmet in front of the camera in the city where nobody else has their helmet on, and he even said it well in the article he's like, nobody else has their helmet on in the tower except Shaxx. No one. So, I was like why would this person? So, yeah, that's that would be great. And I think it ties into the whole worthy we joked about. You've got, are we worthy to Rasputin? Is Aldrin worthy to be the Vanguard? Are we worthy to be flawless in trials? There's a lot of themes that go with worthy, and all of them seem to fit, so any of them seem possible at this point. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, they,
2: I'm definitely they, excited
1: for it. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited, and I hope they do some more storyline, too. I mean, we don't need to talk about the pyramid ship thing right now. They... they hopefully more will come at least by the next big um, year of destiny. Well, uh, anything else you bonus that's on your mind this week or excited for coming up in the game?
0: Uh, I mean, I think just kind of very curious. Days. Yeah. I was like, we went through most of it. I think it's just going to be kind of an intriguing season. I think we've got a couple unique things in different places, you know, lost sectors getting maybe a reskin. Maybe there's champions sitting in there. Who knows the, Public event spaces might get used a little more because it was the nice thing about the moon having the vex public events have some value. More people would be patrolling that area, and hopefully, this will give some life to the patrols outside of your basic stuff that you need to do. And just very curious about the story to see of all the threads as we're talking about Aldrin and Rasputin and Zavala and Annabray or Annabay for some. All of those <laughs> yes. pieces. Uh, she's she's bay. Yeah, so all of those pieces seem like they've got potential to really keep this narrative going forward. I mean, he talked about in the director's cut having narrative momentum, using his terminology. Seems like they're setting up a lot of potential for that this season. So I think the activity should be fun. We know there's going to be weapons. I'm still scratching my head over Grandmaster Nightfall's Guardian games. Those sound actually cool. No clue, but it's got potential to be fun. But I think the narrative over the course of the next three to six months, especially going into September, really has me curious where they take it because they've got potential, just can they deliver?
1: That's totally true. I'm I'm very optimistic these days, but it's a, always a caution. Uh, we will definitely be continuing this discussion. I'm interested to see what you think about in your podcast also and your videos and Twitter tweets. And we'll continue this also. It'll be fun to see where these Grandmaster Nightfalls go. And we'll definitely have to follow up on that uh, down the road <laughs> for sure. Well, um, boy, it's been such a pleasure uh, having you on today on our podcast. <laughs> but Thanks. there is one very important
2: oh, question. That's kind of, I oh, was going to oh, get. There. Oh. Yeah,
0: <laughs> always, always the little thorn in the side. You're not quite done. You're not <laughs> quite done. Got, the, got that special question?
1: I can I can mix it up and, and uh, confuse. In uh, what's your favorite car model, Ebontis? <laughs> <laughs> that car is not. Model?
0: no, uh, no. <laughs> i mean i'll answer the question for me it's the corvette <laughs> for years and years it's been a corvette i mean i love mclarens and ferraris and lamborghinis and stuff but i had a corvette so i'm biased um Ooh. but as it continues to evolve like i had a c6 uh 05 and the c7 got better and it's always like can they and i fell in love with like the it was the 2000 oh what was it it was the c5 z06 and I was like, what, what that car was capable of? 400 horsepower for the price. And I've just, I've loved Corvette since. I mean, I've loved every car. I'm a car guy on top of many other weird ass hobbies. But um, yeah, Corvette is one that I've always been very attached to for a long time now.
1: Hey, I'm glad I asked now. No, i that's excellent. I'm looking up some yeah. of, uh, <laughs> of the pictures here of the C5. Yeah, the general. C8 is gorgeous. C8, yeah. No, that is that is
0: awesome here. What was the actual question? Since apparently that wasn't uh, it, not as important <laughs> as
1: this one, not as interesting. No, it can still be interesting. Uh, what we like to ask people: What is your favorite dessert? Oh God,
0: <laughs> this is a loaded <laughs> question for me. That's right. a problem. Um, I have a huge sweet tooth, so it depends on mood, um, wants. I mean, I can go anywhere from like candy bar. A really fresh Butterfinger is good. I love Sour Patch Kids if I'm going like gummy candy. Wait, um, a fresh
1: Butterfinger? Like you make it your own or just not? No, no, no. Like
0: just like that was like the ones that crumble because there's some that just like oh, gotcha. snap and you're like breaking them on your teeth. No, there's no, ones that, makes that just sense. like yeah, yeah. crumble okay. apart in your mouth. Just a, a fresh, like a proper Butterfinger is probably a better way to phrase it. Truth, truth. Yeah. Um Reese's are always good no desserts trouble like I make cheesecake though I've like so I got to the point where I've been making my own cheesecake for years so I'm a little biased sometimes when I'm like hey some of like my Reese's peanut butter swirled chocolate ganache covered cheesecake that I make I'm like yeah that's pretty good too um no I could go to town on desserts it's not even funny how many desserts I like uh what are your guys and then I'll see if I'm even like close to some of those two good
1: company with the cheesecake that has been a common answer on the show and it's definitely one of my favorites i'm kind of be i go between cheesecake and carrot cake and pineapple oh, upside. you down
0: lost cake. me you lost me Nope, no carrot cake. Oh, <laughs> pineapple. <laughs> you, uh, pineapple pineapple upside down, down. is yeah. that what you're gonna say yeah uh i don't really ever crave that one i probably haven't had it in forever though i might appreciate I it, it more like but but yeah.
1: i definitely cheesecake um there was a, a cheesecake pineapple upside down version that I had recently. It was, just, you know, cheesecake with the pineapple. On That's top a combination, the big deal, but it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And sin, you're kind of like, well,
2: go ahead. I, was, I think I, I was, was going to say, say I was snacking on Twizzlers while you guys were talking.
0: So I had the candy um, right at my see, desk. So <laughs> there, there are. So when it comes to like, okay, I've done my, I've have tried way too many candies. So yeah, um, I have to work out a lot to try and maintain some <laughs> level of non fatness. Um, no, when it comes to licorice, like Twizzlers, don't do it for me anymore. Good Australian licorice, especially like red, like raspberry flavored, those oh, if I can find are good. the way to go. Like there are levels of licorice, and Twizzlers don't even remotely cut it anymore. So there are much better licorice. If I could <laughs> want to know, let me know, and I can send you a link to about a pound or two pound bag on Amazon. They're better. They're but they're like some are a little chewier, some are a little softer. So everybody has their tastes, but. No, good red Australian licorice is yes. pretty solid. You need to slide those into my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not hard to do. We'll
1: start, a, start a, a licorice co-op or we send it back and forth to everyone. Now,
2: the proper dessert that I go for is tiramisu. That okay. is
1: that's
2: that worse, is my go-to. Actually. Yes,
1: With with your rum on the side, right? <laughs> rum rum in
2: particular. Especially, uh, now I'm out of You're- my bamboo, so I'm... I'm I'm oh no, what will bourbon. you do? That's why I got the bourbon <laughs> out.
0: it's <laughs> about to die. He's out of his bamboo. <laughs> oh man. I'm getting a theme um for your uh choices of things, but that's totally fine.
1: <laughs> right. Uh,
0: no, yeah, yeah, I was like cheesecake can be good. Um I'm trying to think of anything else. I love a really good also either apple or cherry, not pumpkin, not a big fan of that anymore. I won't hate it, but don't love it. A Dutch apple crumb um, apple or cherry pie as well. And then key lime pie. Oh, God, I almost forgot. Key lime pie is really high up there, oh, too. Good key yeah, lime pie. That pies. can be good, too. Yes. yes. Yeah.
1: See, we always talk about this and then we get hungry. Okay. What are yeah, you're gonna... killing me here. Come on. I know. We <laughs> need to create a gardening hub uh, dessert cookbook one of these days and just have like a list of everyone's. Uh...
2: That's one of those things that's on that to do list that we just never find enough time to do. Oh,
0: there's never enough time. That's that's the truth. Yep.
1: Well, we at least have enough time to podcast. And again, we really want to thank you for coming on today, Yabantes. To thank Absolutely. you so much. Absolutely,
0: it has been a lot of fun. I always enjoy talking about Destiny and appreciate the honor of just even being invited to anybody's podcast that you'd even think of me. So, thank you very much. It was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, definitely sure. appreciate
2: you. Thank
0: you.
1: We don't have any uh, housekeeping this week's sin, so we'll just get on to our closing pleasantries. So we'll start with you, Ebontis. Just kinda give all your uh tags for your channel and Twitter if you want and and help people can get hold of you.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh it's Ebontis E-B-O-N-T-I-S. Um if you find a cheetah that seems to match that name, you've probably found me, whether it be Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. Instagram, I don't use that much. Um, there's a Patreon out there. All of those things, if you trip over my name and the cheetahs there, you've probably found me. So probably playing a lot of Destiny. It's usually my go-to, but, you know, playing games like Neo or Dark Souls or Gardevoir or who knows. There's there's so many. I want to sit there and play like Breath of the Wild for 100 hours in a closet somewhere just so I can just focus on that game. But I never get enough time. So come find me. Come check out what I'm playing. Always welcome. And obviously listen to what these two say and come hang out with these two because these two are awesome. So you guys are next. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Sin, where can the lovely listeners get a hold of you? They can find me all
2: across the web or just on Twitter at sin underscore media. Sin is C-Y-N and over on twitch.tv slash sin media Kingsley. Let's do it.
1: Yes, you can find me as Kingsley Mac on PlayStation, on PC, and on Twitch, where I stream occasionally, mostly from radio. On Twitter, though, I am MC Kingsley. And you can find our show, The Guardian Hub, at our website, theguardianhub.com, and also on Twitter as The Guardian Hub. As Sin would say, the best hub on the net. (laughs) Definitely definitely the best hub. (laughs) Well, everyone, thanks for listening again this We really, really appreciate it, and we hope you had a enjoyable time with our guests this evening, and we will talk to you later. Goodbye. Goodbye.
0: Bye. Felicia.
1: I should have asked where do you where'd you come up with the idea of a cheetah?
0: What's uh, it's my favorite animal, actually. Okay. That one's easy. I know easy more about cheetahs than I probably should. I've watched like documentaries and videos and slow mo shots of a cheetah running, few, like quite a bit. So now cheetahs are just favorite animal. So you're and...
1: saying you're as fast as a cheetah?
0: Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like what you said about uh, you're like yeah, I like to get all the you know i get i like to do the hard stuff but not a speed runner uh, that's me too I like I, I like to get stuff done in the game the hard stuff but i just and then i see these speed runners and they are like put me to shame they're like oh, oh
0: it's even old games just because i've been gaming for so long you see some people run whether it be like mario 64 or who knows what and you're just like how how what how in the hell is all that possible so no that stuff's impressive